Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. Wow, love the energy in the room. Matter of fact, when I walked out, didn't you just want to put your hand over your heart and say, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance uh, with my tie that I have on here? Uh, it is 9-11, and we are remembering uh, those that uh, have actually served uh, in our uh, community as uh, police officers, firefighters, and uh, EMTs. Today, matter of fact, as I kick off, I, want, I have a, a couple hats up here today because it seems like we're talking about loving one another, and it seems like God puts us in those positions to love others, and He puts it within our heart. And so this morning, I have some hats because when we're smaller, when you ask your child, you know, what do you want to be? A lot of people would say, a lot of children would say, you know, I want to be a police officer, you know, and, uh, you know, so we have that hat for the police officer. We actually have a picture of a young man who had a birthday party. His name is Bryce Colwell. His picture's coming up now. And uh, he wanted to be a police officer for his birthday, so... Actually, he just did that a couple weeks ago. So we have the police officer, and then there's also the firefighter uh, that uh, is a first responder, and, and many you know, kids, when they're little, they want to be the firefighter. And so we, they want to wear this hat all the time because there's a genuine desire to help people. So we want to uh, have that on display this morning. And then the, the EMT hat, uh, which is the ambulance driver uh, in my small town where I grew up, it was very small, and when the ambulance went down the road, we all ran out on the sidewalk and walk and see where it was going to, you know. Anybody remember any days like that? Okay, well, just a few of us. But, uh, but anyways, and so they're, they're there because they care. That's what it's all about. And so God instills this within us, this desire to love one another. And so we have the uh, EMT uh, as well. I'm going to try to get that to stay up there. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But, you know, unless you have my DNA, uh, and so I remember my son being smaller, and I was like, you know, some of you grow up, you know, what do you want to be? And I remember him saying, I want to be a taxi cab driver. I was like, what? Where did that come from? You know, no, you want to be a police officer, firefighter, EMT, you know. And, but uh, he decided that he wanted to be a taxi cab driver. I can tell you he's grown now, and as far as I know, he's not driving a taxi, but uh, thank God for that, uh, for uh, New York City is what I was thinking about. So I want to talk to you today about love, and, uh, and I want you to don't write me off because you think, oh, you know, it's one of those messages. No, I promise you, if you will tune in today, that what I've got to say from God's Word will help you uh, if you want to be helped, all right? So let's look at what Jesus said in John chapter 13, Jesus told us about this love, how important it is. Look what he says. He says, a new commandment I give you. Would you read those next three words out loud? Here's a commandment. Ready? Come on, let's read them. 
Love one another. That's a command. That's a command. Love one another. And he didn't tell us just love one another. He says how to do it. Look what he says. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. That's right. If you love one another. And so today, as we begin talking about this, we have to ask the question, what is love? I mean, I think we really, I really think that we are so messed up on this definition of what is love in our culture. I think we really don't know what love really is. And so we have to talk about that. Why? Because, you know, uh, some people can say, you know, I love Krispy Kreme. Yes! Hallelujah! They're awesome. I mean, that's the greatest, you know, thing to be thrown in grease I've ever had. You know, I... I don't even care how they make them, but anyways, uh, I could do without the window, just give me the product. But, uh, but, you know, and then some people say, you know, I love the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, you know, I do too, but yesterday I almost fell out of love with them. But anyways, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. And so we use that word love so much that we actually have diminished its value. It is, we've cheapened that word love. We've cheapened love in our culture. Matter of fact, it reminds me of a story that I read of a, a young lady who was, um, had been dating this guy for a while, and she decided to break it off. And after a month of, being broke, uh, of breaking off the relationship, she writes him a letter. She sits down and she writes him a letter. She says, Dear Ricky, I want you to know that I miss you so, so much. And I want you to know that after, after this time away, I realized that I really love, love, love you. P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. So love really was not her desire, was it? And so I think we have cheapened love. And so today I want to give you a biblical definition of love. It's going to be on the screen. And so I would like for you to, to read this with me because I believe this is the biblical definition of love. Let's read it together. You ready? Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I feel. Wow, let's, that's the definition. That's the biblical definition. Let's read it one more time. You ready? Come on. Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I feel. Regardless of what I feel. Now, when you read this definition of love, then you can understand biblical love, right? Because, you know, you read the Bible. You go in the New Testament. It's not far before you get in there. Jesus says, love your enemies. I'm like, heck no. I mean, don't you like, I mean, doesn't that like hit you in the face like love? I'm thinking like, love your enemy like, oh, it's so good to see you. I, I love you. I'm thinking that, aren't you? And I'm thinking, love my enemy. Heck no, not me, buddy. You know what? You just ticked me off. We are not together, you know? But when you understand the biblical definition of love, then you understand what Jesus is saying to love your enemy. Why? Because it's a choice to do good to others, people, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> regardless of how you feel, right? Regardless of how you feel. That's about the way I get choked up when I talk about loving my enemies, all right? And so do you. So number one, would you write this down? We're going to talk about how do you do that? How do you do that? Number one, how you love others is, number one, make a choice to love first. Make a choice to love first. Remember that love is a choice to do good for others, regardless of what I feel. 
Love is a choice to do good to others regardless of what I feel. So we have to make the move first. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. I love it. 1 Corinthians 14. Would you shout out those first two words? You ready? Let's shout them out. You ready? Go after. Go after a life of love as if your life depends on it because it does. And so I found out that if we're going to go after love, the first thing that we have to do is quit keeping score, right? I can tell you, listen, maybe you want to, you're here today. I can tell you the thing that almost killed my marriage was this, is my scorekeeping. Because I was thinking, you know, I've done all this, and you've only, I've done this much for you, and you've only done this for me, this much for me. Matter of fact, I've done so much for you, Rhonda, that I could take about three, ma- three months off of not doing anything for you, and it'd take you that long to catch up to me. You see what I'm talking about? It's that if you're keeping score, I did this for you, you've not done anything for me. I did this for you, you've not done anything for me. If you keep that mentality, you will never, ever have love. You don't bargain for love. Love is a choice. It's something that you do for others regardless of what I feel. And so that almost killed my marriage. It almost killed my marriage, and I don't want it to kill yours. To love is to prioritize others' needs over yours. It's making it a priority. Uh, have you ever wondered, why is it that God puts such difficult people in your life? I mean, like, we have difficult people in our lives, right? I mean, some of you are, like, married to them. Don't look right now. Look at me. <laughs> difficult people in your life, they're there, you know? I mean, like, I'm seriously, like, you, some of you got difficult parents are difficult to live with. You know, children are difficult to live with. Some of you got difficult co-workers in your life, you know, difficult friends, difficult neighbors. Some of you got a difficult pastor, pastor to put up with. I know that. But you know, why, why, does, why does God allow that? I'll tell you, because, listen, God allows difficult people to get in your life so you can learn to love. Listen, it doesn't take any love to love somebody that's lovable, does it? I mean, that takes no effort at all, those good people. And, and some of you in this room are great people. Thank God for you. You're just wonderful people. You were just born that way, I guess. I don't know. You're just awesome. Every day I think, God, I wish I could be more like them, but I'm the pain. So anyway, so you know what? You're just wonderful. But God puts people like me into your lives so you can learn how to love. I'm just here to fulfill God's will. That's all I want you to know. Make your life better. No, but seriously, like, that happens. I mean, like, God lets people that come into your life that are not easy to love so you have to learn to love. I mean, that's really, learning to love is learning to be around difficult people. And that's why, like, especially if you're married today, you know, like, that's why they're, there's, like, they're part of that person, like, oh, why? You got to learn to love. You know, if you're a child today, your parents are like, oh, there's a part of it. You got to learn to love, and, and so on, and so on, and so on. So you have to learn to love. God puts a, we call them EGRs here at, at SEC. That means extra grace required. And listen, you may be sitting here today and say, you know what, I really can't think of anybody like that in my life. Guess what? You're it. It's you. It's you. You have nobody that, that aggravates, you're aggravating everybody else. Okay, just to let you know. This move first, God did. And look in Romans, look what he says. In Romans 5 and 8, Paul writes about what God, look what he says. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Would you read out loud what's underlined? Come on, let's read it. Ready? While we were still, oh man, 
While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God acted out of love when we were unlovable. Do you know that when, when Jesus was on the cross, I want to tell you that when Jesus was on the cross, he saw all the future. He saw in the 2016, do you know that? He saw all the way, all the way to where time would end. He saw that. And guess what? He saw you and me as well. And while he was dying on the cross, he saw your rebellion. He saw that some of you, you know, some of you in your past, you have had, you know, you were annoying to God. I'll just be honest with you, you know. You were annoying to God. You were unlikable to, uh, to God. And you were also unpredictable. And God saw you in that state. Some of you actually were so upset with God, you were like, I don't care what God says, I'm going to do this. And that was your attitude. And while Jesus was on the cross, he saw that attitude, and he died for you anyway. It was first, love first, you love first, you love first. That's what Jesus saw. And listen, me too, by the way. I've got a lot of stuff that he had to see too. And so I just want you to know he saw that. The greatest form of love is this. The greatest form of love is to do something for someone that they cannot do for themselves. Listen to this. Even though they don't appreciate it. Did you hear that? The greatest form of love is to do something for someone else even though they don't appreciate it. Now, listen, I will tell you, my staff will tell you around here, when I do something for them, I expect them to say thank you. I mean, I like... I'm like, you know, that, that's the word around here. All our staff will tell you, Pastor Jeff does something for you, you better say thank you. Because if you don't say thank you, you won't do it again. And I, I mean, that's, that's sort of, I don't know, it's just sort of what I expect. I don't know. It's like, you know, like, and, and, and then to feel like I've done something and someone doesn't appreciate it, I'm like, well, I tell you what, that won't ever happen again. I mean, I, are you that, I mean, does that come out of you too? I mean, like, you do this, and they don't appreciate it. You know, many of us are sitting here as parents today. We have been told that one day our kids are going to appreciate this. Matter of fact, your parents, how many of you, your parents ever told you, well, you're going to appreciate this one day? How many have ever told you? That's right. And I can tell you now that as I got one foot on 50 and the other one on a banana peel, I'm starting to appreciate a lot of that. But with my kids, I'm still waiting on that moment when they're going to appreciate it. You see, that's love. Is you do what another person need, they cannot do for another person what they cannot do for themselves, even though they don't appreciate it in that moment. And that is exactly what God did for you. Exactly, one hundred percent, He did for you. When He was dying, Jesus was dying on the cross. He knew there'd be a point in your life that you would not appreciate it, but one day, one day, one day, one day, you would appreciate it. And the best way that you share your appreciation for that is that you open up your heart and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you say, I want to live by your will. I want to follow Jesus, what you want me to do. And when you do that, it's called becoming a Christ follower, getting saved. And maybe you're here today, and maybe that's you. Every week we like to offer you an opportunity. And so inside of your program, there is a, there's a prayer inside of your program that you can read this that will help you, lead you into that commitment. And if you say that prayer and you mean it today, just check it on the back of the card. It says, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can follow up with you this week and pray for you. Okay, number two, as you write this down, how do you love? Okay, so we love first. And number two is that we love with our actions and not just with our words. Did you write that down? 
We love it our actions and not just with our words. I went ahead and just wrote out three bullet points for you because I knew I would get behind. So I want to go ahead and we'll just start with the first one. And that is this. You ready? The first bullet point is this. Start seeing the needs of people around me. Would you just write out beside that eyes? E-Y-E-S. Would you write that down? Eyes. Start seeing the needs of the people around me. You see, we have the word love has become so cheap in our culture today. So just, it's not just about what you say, it's about what you do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 24, do not look out only for yourselves, look out for the good of others also. We are taught to look out, look for the good. You see, love starts with your eyes. This is what I understand is this, is I cannot care until I become aware. Do you see that? I cannot care until I become aware. And sometimes when I'm so focused on what I've got to do and what's got to be done, I miss the needs of people around me and I can seem cold in my heart. I become aware. I care when I become aware. When I become aware of needs, then, then, I, can, then I can be... There's been times, of course, again, back in my marriage, that, you know, that I just was not aware of some of Rhonda's needs because I was only thinking about me. And so I had to learn, I had to learn to change that and learn to look at other people's needs. And so, you know, you're going to be, learn to be a kinder person when you slow down and begin to pay attention. I cannot care until I become aware. And some of you are, you're seeming to be uncaring people because you're just not aware of it. And so slow down and become aware. As a matter of fact, I just want to say today, I, I thank God for our first responders because our first responders are the people that, you know what, then when they arrive on the scene, they begin to look at the situation. And they have to become aware of what's going on in order that they may handle the situation. They become aware. They're trained to do that. Become aware. And once they become aware, then they can move on the most important issue and show their care. And by the way, uh, if you're a first responder here, I hope that you're here. We've invited you to come. You know, if you're, if you're a police officer, firefighter, EMT, and you serve in law enforcement anyway, Today, after this service is over, I'm going to be standing right down here. I'd love to come and shake your hand, and I have a gift for you. I just want to say thank you from our church to you, so please don't leave without coming and saying hello. Okay, look at the next one with me. The next one is this. The next bullet point is sympathize with people's what? Okay, not call them a pain, all right? Never mind, all right. Sympathize with people's pain. Would you write out beside that the, the word ears? Would you write that down, ears? Listening is learning to love. Remember what we said? We said that love is a choice to do good to another person regardless of what I feel. I would say if you want to learn, if you want to become a more person, a loving person, you learn to listen. That means you put your mind in neutral instead of trying to solve, and you just listen. Learn to listen to people. And in our culture today, we have traded sympathy for anger. We don't know how to listen to each other anymore. What, we, what we've been taught is this. We've been taught to shout your opinion. Shout it out. Shout your opinion. You know, like, Ron and I, raised, we were raised in two different families, two different families. In my family, we were loud. Like, we learned that, you know, in our family, it was whoever, got, whoever was the loudest and the last word won. And so in our family, we learned, get louder, shout it louder. Oh, no, you didn't. You're not doing that to me. Oh, you ain't, uh-uh. 
That sounds like a lot of your families, right? In Rhonda's family, it was totally quiet. Nobody raised their voice. And so we got married. All in water. Come together. And so when I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. For the first 10 years, I thought something was bad wrong with her. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even lying about that. I'm like, man, something's wrong. Because we would have an issue, and I'd get louder. She'd get quieter. I'd get louder trying to get her to, you know, come on now, tell me how you feel. She'd just clam up. And I'm like, man, I have married someone from out of space. And I'm sure she's over here going, who's this freak yelling at me? So we, in our culture, we, just, we think that shouting louder gets our point across. Listen, if you're only shouting and you're getting louder, we only shout our own opinion. We don't listen to other people's opinion. We shout our own, and if you keep shouting, you're never going to have peace. Man, what a change our country would have if people in Washington, D.C. just started learning to list each other. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent. I don't care what your label is. If they just started listening instead of shouting their own opinion, it's amazing what would happen in our land. You see, James says it this way. James 1 and 19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to what? And you must be what? And? You know what? I've talked a lot about that verse this year. But here's what I've understood. You know what listening does? Listening is like you getting into another person's skin getting into their skin and seeing what they see, understanding what they think, and feeling what they feel. Listening, listening, listening. When you listen, it's like getting into another person's skin and seeing what they see, understanding what they think, and feeling what they feel. You see, until you see what they see, understand what they think, and feel what they feel, you're never going to understand them. Isn't that what God did for us? When he sent Jesus down, what, isn't that what he did? Is that God come down in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ, come down and put skin on in order that he could see what we see, understand what we think, and feel what we feel? So that he could understand it. God listened. And if we're going to love, we have to learn to listen. Because remember, love is a choice to do good to another person regardless of of what I feel. Love is a choice to do good to another person regardless of what I feel. Okay. The last bullet point is this. Is do what you can. Do what you can do to help other people. And would you write out the, the side of that, the word hands. Hands. In 1 John 3 and 18 it says this. Let us stop just saying we what? Love people. Let us really love them and show it by our what? By our action. Let us show us by our See, love is not just something that you feel or you say. Love is something you do. And I've never, I have failed at this many times. One time years ago, this is true. Okay, what I'm about to tell you is not a lie. I did not get this off some preacher website, all right? Here it is. Years ago, our church was at another location. And at the end of the service, we had people come down to pray. The music was playing, and there was a lady standing about right there in that particular church we had. And she's standing there, and as the music's playing, she's going, mmm, mmm, mmm. Boy, she's going at it, you know. She's just feeling it. She's just doing it like this. And about that time, and she's going, mmm, 
mm -mm, her pants fell off. Her pants fell off. She's in her drawers, and she goes, mm, 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 and her pants are on the ground over there. Pants on the ground? Her pants are on the I'm not kidding you. Her pants are on the ground. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be spiritual, right? Somebody should do something. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm dying. Her pants are on the ground. She's in her drawers. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I should be more spiritual than that, right? I shouldn't laugh. Right? I, I'm dying. It's cracking me up. I mean, there's a man that said, Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm having, a, I'm having open heart surgery tomorrow. I remember him saying that to me. And as I closed my eyes to pray for him, I saw her pants fall again. And, her, and I couldn't pray for the man. I was like laughing. I'm like, Lord. It was so hilarious. But somebody had to do something. Love acts, right? Love doesn't laugh. I was not loving. I still, it still cracks me up. I'm sorry. So she's doing boom, 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 pants on the ground over here, dun, 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 in her drawers. Dun, 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 dun. She has no clue. <laughs> no clue. How do you not have a clue? Don't you feel the air? I don't know. So one of the love, most loving people in our church went up, was beside, grabbed her pants, and as she's going, she just take, when she raised her leg, she threw the other leg, she raised her, threw, pulled her pants up. And I'm going. It's over. I mean, it's over. No more. Now I can't even think about God. So I'm thinking, you know what? She was new to our church. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to, uh, Say goodbye to her on the way out the, out the door, shaking hands. I thought surely she would go around the other way, you know. So she comes, hey, pastor, it was so good. Church was so good today. I said, yes, Miss Minnie, it sure was good today. And so anyways, she, she became a great prayer warrior of our church, and she would call me often, even when she got to where she couldn't come to church anymore. She lived to be about 95. And so she was probably in her 70s then. And uh, she called me, and I remember about three years before she died, I finally got enough nerve, because nobody ever said anything else. I mean, it's like nothing. About two years before she died, I, we were, she called me one time, and she said, Pastor, I was praying for you. God is telling me this. And I'm like, amen. And I said, Miss Minnie, I've got to ask you a question. She said, what's that, Pastor? I said, do you remember your pants falling off in church. She said, I sure do, Pastor. I come home and told my niece, my pants fell off in church. <laughs> so what I'm telling you, I told you that story to tell you that we should act in love and not be stupid like me. Moving on, Matthew chapter 7, it says this, Jesus said this, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Now notice this, Jesus did not say, notice what he did not say, he did not say do before they do to you, did he? He didn't say do as they have done to you, he said do as you would have them do to you. That's love. I want to tell you, I have made this my life verse. I, 
I'm not a perfect man by no stretch. Don't pretend to be. But I can tell you, this is what I ask God to help me do almost every day, is God help me to do to that person, no matter what they've done to me, what I would want done to me. I try to live that way. And it's helped me. Why? Why would I want to live like that? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said, what you sow, you're going to reap, right? Well, the world said it this way. Let's finish this. What goes around, if I'm sending around what I want to happen to me, guess what's going to come back around? And so you that are so focused on getting even, you're always going to have that coming back to you. And so Jesus said there's another way. And so I would just tell you the way to do good to other people is we have, of course, connect groups around here. I highly recommend them. They're filling up, by the way. And we want to give you an opportunity. There's a sheet inside of your program. Why? Why do we have connect groups? I'll tell you why. Because love is a choice to do good to people no matter how you, what you feel. Love is a choice to do good to other people no matter what you feel. And so in those groups, you know what? Some people say, well, there might be a weirdo in that group. That's right. That's why you love. Love is a choice to do good to other people no matter what you feel. And guess what? They probably think you're a weirdo too. So love is a choice to do good to other people no matter how you feel, right? And so I want to encourage you. It's a place where we practice love. It's a place where we practice love. So I hope that you will sign up on the back of your connection card for a group. Okay. Number three, would you write this down? Number three, release the fear. Write that down, fear. <clears throat> the fear that is driving out love. I want you to write that down. I want to look at you because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to expose something to you today. You ready? Fear is a multi-billion dollar industry. Fear sells. Would you agree with that? Fear sells. I mean, like, right now, most of us have an alarm system in our home right now. Why? Because we're afraid. We have been shown on television someone breaking into our home, dragging out our children into the street, and murdering them. And so they say, if you have this alarm system, you will save your children. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Just think about, you know, the one, the one that we have now, you know, the life alert. You know, like, I've fallen and I can't get up. You know, we all, we all think, think that, you know, our grandparents and our parents should have those if they're older, and they're not bad things, but I'm telling you, they have scared us to death. Car seats. <clears throat> Dear God, it's a NASCAR seat anymore, isn't it? Have you put a child in a car seat lately? Rhonda and I took Chessie and Danny's uh, little boy home when he was a baby. He was in the car seat. And uh, they had put the car seat in our car, you know, and put him in it, strapped him in, and we just drove. We just had to drive the car. We drove the car home. We got home. It was hot. It was the summertime. And I got in the back. I couldn't get him out of the seat. I could, I could not get the child out. Ron is, he's got sweat dripping off of him. He's starting getting fussy. Ron is like, Jeff, he's going to dehydrate. We've got to get him out of here. I'm like, I don't know. I had to, to take the seatbelt out and take the whole thing out into my house and figure out, Google, how do you get him out? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Fear sells. It sells. Here's my question to you. What are you afraid of? What is fear selling you? Some of you right now, 
You cannot experience love like you want to in your marriage because you're afraid of something. You're afraid he's going to leave. She's going to cheat. He's not going to let me have this. He's not going to share the finance. She's not going to do this. Fear is the devil's biggest tool. He sells. Fear is selling you on so that you cannot love. What are you afraid? What are you afraid of in your family? What is it afraid? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of in your church? What are you afraid of? You know, many people, well, all they want is my money, so I can't go. Fear, that's a lie. He's lied to you. He's given you fear. What are you afraid of in your community? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What is fear selling you in your community? What are you afraid of? What is fear selling you? The Bible says this, look, in 1 John 4 and 18, look what he says. There is no fear in what? But look what happens. But perfect love does what? Drives out. Here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal, here it is. Love's a choice to do good to others, whether you, uh, whatever you, no matter what you feel, here it is, watch this. Either I'm going to let fear drive out love, or either I'm going to let love drive out fear. And the majority of us have been sold fear so much that we cannot love completely. You know what someone told me when I become the pastor of this church? They said, listen, Jeff, when you're going into the ministry, listen to this. Don't let people close to you because they will hurt you. Don't let them close because they'll hurt you. I want to, and you asked me, have people hurt you in 21 years of pastoring this church? Yes, look at me, look at me. You don't get to looking like this without any pain. Let me tell you this. For every one person that's ever hurt me, there's been a thousand that's loved me. And if I would have took that person's advice, and I said, well, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to hurt me, I don't want anybody to hurt me, I don't want anybody to hurt me. Guess what? I would not have experienced all the love. I'm going to tell you, I'll take that gamble any day of the week. A thousand to one, you better believe it, baby. I'm telling you, I'm going to love people, and guess what? I'll take the thousand, and I'll put up with the one. Some of you have been hurt. Someone's wounded you, and you're afraid to love. And you will never have what you want in your family, with your kids, with your children, with your, with your husband, your wife, with your parents. You'll never have it as long as you let fear keep selling you. Look what the Bible says again in 1 John 4 and 16. It says, we know how much God loves us. Look at this. And we put our trust in what? Do you trust God's love today? Some of you don't trust God. You just don't trust Him. You prayed a prayer about something, and it happened, and you're scared to death to trust God again. You're scared to death. And you got an issue you got to deal with this morning. He goes on to say this. By the way, that's what my counselor told me. I didn't like it. I looked at him like you looking at me right now, like, how dare you say that to me? I'm a man of God. And I had to deal with it. God is love. He goes on to say this. Look, and all who live and all who live in love live in who? In God. 
And God lives where? In them. Here's what I want to tell you. When you quit letting fear sell to you, and you, ex you accept God's love for you, and you live in God's love, here's what happens. You become aware of God's presence, that God is with you no matter what's going on. No matter what's going on in your life right now, God is with you. you gotta, you got to believe it. When you believe that He loves you, you believe that His presence is with you. Now watch this. When you become aware of His presence, guess what? You get God's peace. That means it doesn't matter what goes on in the world. That means that, you know, my, your mother-in-law can't take it away because she didn't give it to you. Amen? Your boss can't take it away because he didn't give it to you. Your neighbor can't take it away because they didn't give it to you. Peace. And guess what? Here it doesn't stop there. Watch it. Here we go. We become aware of God's presence. We, receive, we get to receive God's peace. And then we get to witness God's power. Through his love. Aware, aware of God's presence, we receive God's peace, and then we get to witness God's power. Because, you know, our whole life we say, you know, I've done all I can do, and now it's up to God. And sure enough, God goes to work. What are you afraid of? Would you stand with me right now? I want to pray for you. This is my prayer for you today is that God, that God would help you and consume you from the inside out and that you would let His love lead you in your life. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to pray today and you've got to deal with that fear. As we pray, you're going to release that fear today and you're going to receive God's love. So what you're going to do is you're going to hold your hands up you're going to put them up, your fist up like this and then you're going to release it like that. You ready? Come on, everybody put your fist up. Here we go. As we pray, you release it. You ready? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you, O oh Lord, and we ask you, O oh God, to help us release this fear. And we release it right now, O oh God. And we receive your love. God, your awesome presence is here. Lord, your peace is here, O oh God. And today we want to witness your power. And Lord, we say consume us from the inside out. In the name of Jesus Christ, we receive your love. We receive your love. We receive your love. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.